welcome back to the Success Road Podcast. My name is Joshua Rivers, your host, and today we're going to be talking to Mike Vardy from Productivityist.com, and he's going to share about the now year. This is actually an interview that I had with him a little while back, and I shared this on a different podcast, the Messy Middle Podcast, the same one where I interviewed Alex Barker that we heard from a few weeks ago. And so Mike is going to be sharing some things about the now year, which helps you with your productivity to be able to help you focus and be able to come up with a plan of action to be able to be more productive and to get more things done. And so he's going to be talking about the daily maps, which is the mode, action, projects, and schedule. He's going to go into some details about the different modes so that we can be able to do that. Also, at the end, you're going to hear that Mike has some great offers to be able to share some of the materials on his website. So you can just go to productivityist.com slash messy middle, and you can be able to get a hold of those. Again, it'll be mentioned again at the end. So with that, we're going to go ahead and turn right over to Mike. Welcome back to the Messy Middle Podcast. My name is Joshua Rivers, your host from podcastguy.co. And today we have another awesome guest. And we are talking today to Mike Vardy of the Productivity Productivityist. Uh, easy for me to say. <laughs> You're not the first to struggle with that, and you won't be the last. <laughs> like when you make up a word and try to pass it off as real. Um, this is true. <laughs> well, awesome to uh, talk to you. And so I met you um, at Podcast Movement in person. I've been following you um, uh, off and on through your podcast for a while, though. And uh, we have a couple mutual friends. Jim Woods is uh, one of them, who is also a past guest on this podcast. And so... Uh, uh, official welcome to the show. So uh, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So what I want to do is talk about the different things that that people are going through. Specifically today, uh, you were telling me that you're going through and you're developing this thing called the now year. Um, and there's a, a formula and, and all that into it. And so why don't you go ahead and tell the listener exactly what that is um, and then we'll kind of dive in a little deeper into that sure sure so basically what the the now year it, it actually has been renamed the now year method because what's happened is is over the the months and months of testing it with productivity as coaching clients because I, I do coaching um, you know and, and I did a workshop on it as well at the beyond productivity uh, com. Um, it's basically now proven. And what I've found is, is that a formula is kind of what exists in a lab, but now it's become an actual method. So basically what it is, is it's an approach to productivity, not, not unlike other approaches that are out there, such as getting things done by David Allen or, uh, you know, the Covey method or anything like that. But I, I've tried like tons of them and they all didn't really work for me. At least aspects of them did, but not in, not in their entirety. So over the years of the, the past decade of me working in the, in the productivity and time and task management space, I've kind of, you know, gone from being this productivity enthusiast to a specialist to, to now a strategist, which is where the term productivity-ist comes from, those ISTs at the end. So the, the Now Your Method basically breaks down into, like, there's really six there's six core like elements to it um, but basically what it does is it allow, it's a simple it's flexible it's a durable approach to um, to how you approach your you know your your year and, and even beyond um, and you can even go as, as you know 
you know, as runway level or as, as, as a base level as your day. And what it does is it allows you to kind of deal with the things that you need to do, which is what the N stands for, the need. Decide on what you ought to do or even ought not to do, which is what the O stands for. And then uh, ultimately do more of what you want to do. Um, and this framework kind of lends itself to the idea of, you know, more soft approaches. So, um, you know, a lot of I know that, you know, we've got a lot of business people that are out there that like the the elements of getting things done or this, you know, the ability to check off items on their to-do list and work by project and deal with all the great software and stuff that exists out there. Well, this framework can be adapted to pretty much any software that's out there. I've always been a big believer that you should focus on the app within and, and um, you know, the, the, the approach is way more important than the app. So there's basically, you know, like five core elements to it. There's the daily map. There's the mode-based work, which... Is is integrated with the daily map and there's the idea of theming uh the idea of journaling which is important and then the the whole conduct of, of conducting a regular review or the rapid review as i call it and all those elements together kind of allow you to craft the year you want basically anytime you want to start it wow that was uh <laughs> it sounds like really uh, a lot of stuff to be able to unpack there um where <laughs> Well, it, it it is big uh, at, at its front facing, but once you start to break it down, it really actually becomes quite. It's, it's honestly the way most of us should should operate. Yeah, it sounds great though. Um, so so when you're working with so when where do you start with this process then? Well, most people just want to get through today, right? And I'm sure you're, you're like, especially when you're dealing with like the mess, whether it's the messy middle or, or the mess that you just encountered uh, for the day. And most days are really, when you break it down, most days are, are cumulative kind of activities from days that, you know, that have led up to it. So things you didn't get done, things that have been thrown on your plate that you didn't expect to have. So the daily map is where a lot of people start because the whole idea behind that is to get, you know, is to basically get the stuff out of your head that's in your head stuff that you need to tackle uh, today and then you start to build upon that and the way the daily map works is that you you uh, again you can do this on paper if you want and I'll use paper as an example so if I've got a sheet of paper at the top of the paper or a notebook I'll put like a, a four columns uh, M column M, column A, column P, and column S, which is maps. So M-A-P-S. And when I'm capturing stuff, I put all those captures in the action category. So anything that's a task goes in the A category for action. But every action gets a corresponding mode, which is what the M stands for. And what a mode is, is basically what mode do you need to be in to accomplish that task. And there's five different types of modes, which I'll get into in a little bit if you'd like. But basically, in order to complete something, not everything requires a project, but everything does require some kind of modality to for you to be able to execute it in a in a way that will have the results that you want. Um, some actions do have projects, which is what the P column stands for. So if it is a project, then you can choose to work by project as well. And then the S is for schedule. And some people really like to rigorously schedule, or some people just like to schedule a few things. So that S column is for that. And so when you're capturing your tasks, what you'll do is you'll write down the action. Then you'll figure out, you know, you write down one of the five types of modes that you feel that it would fall into the five categories of modes and then uh which is very subjective because productivity is personal even when business uh, you know business isn't personal but productivity always is and then you can also assign them projects if you want and schedule so when you're looking at your list you can group them by mode so i want to work by mode so i'm going to go into like say one of the categories is is, is activity-based mode so let's say i'm a writer so if i want to go into writing mode i'll look at all the tasks that are involved writing that i've identified as the 
the writing mode and then I will say, okay, here are the eight writing tasks that I have to do today. I'm in that state of flow. I want to be writing today. So that's what I'm going to work on. In some instances, you do need to work by project. So you'll have to say, okay, well, this is the book project that I'm working on. But again, working by project, what can happen is you end up having to send emails and then writing and then, you know, picking up the phone and then running errands. So you're, you're a bit more disjointed, but you are focusing on one particular objective. And then if you work by schedule, again, it's a bit more dis, it, it's disjointed, but it's a, it's a priority level thing. So you could say, hey, you know what? I need to prepare to talk to, to Joshua today. So that'll be a priority one. I need to do, you know, get myself in that, that state of mind. So that, that trumps everything else. So you have basically three ways to work. Uh, you never want to work by action because action is kind of like writing down a, a list of things and then trying to go in order. It's, it's going to be, you're not going to get your best results out of that. So that's how the daily map works. And the more you use it, the more you get familiar with the modes that you really are, are in touch with and that will work for you. And that will allow you to deliver your great work every single day. Wow. That's fantastic. Um, the, the modes you said there's five types what what are those five types right. well it's the act it's it's the acronym great so um there's five five categories and what these mean is that basically all of the modes can fall into one of these five categories and one category or two categories might work better for you that's again the nice thing about the system is the flexibility of it so the g stands for general so things like um, administrative uh marketing um could be one sales like general modes that you know are are largely associated with like maybe a department that you work in or the 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 job that you have so they're very broad but they allow you to kind of enter that mode of i'm in work mode now so i'm i'm you know i'm gonna do sales stuff because i'm a salesperson so i'm in salesman mode and then when i get home maybe i'm in father mode so gent more general um then the r stands for resource based so this is where things like the tools you use or the places you need to be would fall into so email is a great one because most people open up email and just look in their inbox and there's a big Pandora's box of, of just stuff that they have no idea what it is. But if you actually sort your uh, task list and you say, okay, I want to go into email mode, you can actually see all the emails that you have to deal with before you open your inbox. So you can go in with missions rather than questions. So email is a good one. Errands is another good one. Or even an application that you would use uh, often. So let's say you're a, a Microsoft Word user and you ne- need to do a lot of stuff in Word. Microsoft Word mode might be what you need to go into or, or spreadsheet mode if you like to use Excel. Um, so there's those tools. I actually use resource modes for because I work with several different teams and I'm often using several different task management tools. Even though I use one particular one, I have the names of other ones as modes. So if I'm working on a podcast, let's say my, my own podcast, uh, John Polster, who's my producer, likes to work in Trello. So rather than me force him into my tool, I say, okay, no problem. I'll just go into Trello mode and that's where I know that stuff is. So that's the R for resource-based modes. Then E is for energy-based modes. And this is something that I find is really, really important because in order to tackle certain tasks, you need a certain level of energy and focus. Some tasks you could do in your sleep, like, um, you know, I mean, I can talk about this with very little energy because it builds my energy up. So if I'm going to do a podcast interview, maybe that's a low energy mode because I can do it and it brings my energy level up. But there's other tasks that you can do that are going to take more energy. Like, you know, I don't like to do billing, but uh, it needs to be done. So that's a high energy task. So again, that's something that you can do and you can even change it so energy based could be something like full focus and brain dead and i'm sure we all have tasks that fall into play like that but this is a good mode modality to use especially
particularly if you want to get stuff done when you're not feeling 100%. So if you're sick, there's nothing worse than going into the office the next day or trying to build your business and there's one day where you feel like you can't do anything. If you look at all the tasks that require little to no energy, you can actually move the ball forward on some of these smaller things. So E is for energy-based. Then A is for activity-based. So that's things like writing, planning, researching, studying, gifting, things like that. Anything that ends with an ING generally is a, is a modality of, of an activity that you're doing. So podcasting mode. If you're going into podcasting mode, you're going to be in, in that frame of mind to deliver that kind of stuff. So your mindset will go there. If you're in writing mode, then you may need to go a little bit broad, uh, more specific than that because if you're a blogger and an author, a book writer, those require two different types of writing styles. So maybe you'll go into book writing mode versus blog writing mode. So activity-based modes are really nice for people who want to make sure that they're in the right, they want to get into that state of flow of what they really want to be doing. So if you're in planning mode or, or reading mode is another great one. And then finally, the T is for time-based modes. And that's one where people can really wrap their head around earlier, especially if they've been using their calendar to plan things out. So for example, uh, things like, um, let's see, uh, five-minute mode is a great one. Uh, you know, like, so if people say, I can do this in five minutes or less, they have this, this uh, attribution called five-minute mode. Uh, if they're if they have meetings, let's say a half hour between each meeting, they can say, okay, I don't know how I feel right now. I don't know what I need to do, but I do know I have, you know, 30 minutes. So let's go look at my tasks that require five minutes or less and knock about as many of them out as I can before. So time-based ones are really nice. And I, I would recommend when people pick time-based modes, they pick no more than three because you don't want to have to remember too many of those times that you've allotted. So I like like five minutes and 25 minutes and uh, I, I use normally five, 25 and 60. Um, and normally 60 minute tasks are one that are going to be fairly deep dives. 25 minutes are nice because they fall into that reign of the Pomodoro technique, which is a popular productivity yeah, and time management tool. And then five minutes are for those quick tasks that you know you can knock out in five minutes or less. And that acronym spells great. So if you work by mode, and I believe mode-based work is really the best way to work, then you're going to deliver great work more often than not. That's awesome. I like that. And so uh, I assume they're writing down notes to try to help myself and so that's that's good that's good that's good um man it seems like we're probably about one percent into uh, <laughs> the nice thing about the daily map too is it starts with the letter m so you can't help but look at the modes first right Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. Most people just write down their actions. But with the way that the daily map is orchestrated, and you can use it with Excel. You could use it with paper. Uh, I don't know. What, what what productivity tool do you use? What do you use for your task management? <laughs> that's a, um, a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so I, I, I don't have a really good structured thing. And so I'm one of those people that, that I like productivity, or at least the idea of it. And so I, I've tried several things and nothing's really stuck yet. Um, but, but that, that comes back to what you said earlier though, is that it's not the app. It's, it's more in just the, the, the application of it or, or the approach. Yeah. I mean, so. if you go in like the daily map, I've on, in the workshop I did, and I'm actually working on some more now your method, you know, kind of materials. I actually have an audio recording and I'm going to do some screencasts at some point too, uh, that actually show you how to do the daily map in 
almost any digital or analog tool out there. So if you use Asana, there's a way to use the daily map inside of that. If you use Todoist, uh, you know, Wonderlist, Flow, OmniFocus, Things, there's so many out there. But again, if you have a good approach that's flexible, durable, and simple, that's the key. Those three things, because they need to be, it needs to be simple enough for people to be able to go, okay, I can do this, right? And, and they can take elements of it. Like some people just work by the daily map and hardly anybody, you know, some people say, you know, they, they'll hardly ever use themes. And some people don't really journal, but they do the rapid review just fine. And some people, you know, I've got a new element of it called the seven standards. And that that element, some people don't even touch that at all. So, I mean, it, it's, it's very simple because you can just grab parts of it and it will help you propel things forward really, really nicely. But then the other thing is, is that the flexibility of it allows you to use it in virtually any application. And you can use it both for home and work, which is really key because a lot of people have different tools for different, different areas of their life. And then the durability is, well, if you are connected to your to-do list better, and that's why modes are so so much better because they're personal projects end right like eventually this podcast will end eventually you know you will be done writing that book eventually you'll be done you know maintaining uh you know let's say that renovation that you're getting done in the house but modes will consistently exist because you will always be planning you will always be writing you will always have time slots of five minutes you will always have to go into email you will always have to do you know be a father or a mother if that's what you so it there, there's those three things and Again, studying time management and productivity over the years has taught me that people want something that they can connect to better because when they can connect to something better, they feel that they can accomplish it and they feel that they want to do it more and they can get rid of the crap that they don't want to do so they can get out of that mess because, I mean, life's messy, business is messy, you know, art is messy, all that stuff is messy. What we need is we need something to kind of corral that mess and make it our mess so that we can deal with it in a way that, that you know, makes sense to us and the, 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 the now your method really helps with that. Absolutely. Now, I, I want to try to uh, shift a little bit. Maybe we'll try to come back to some of these other uh, concepts um, a little bit later if we, if we got time. But but I want to try to shift because, I mean, the, the focus of this podcast is to look at the stories and the struggles that, that you're going through. And so, I mean, I, I know that going through and developing this whole thing and other aspects of your business are, um, I, I mean, definitely t- uh, time consuming and um, and mind intensive and all these different things. And so can you think of uh, something that, that maybe it's like a recent struggle or something that you're currently struggling with to try to overcome and, and kind of share what that is? Sure. Um, it's putting this thing out for more people to find, honestly. Uh, whenever you find something that you know really works, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, as we're recording this, uh, uh, earlier this, and I just posted this on my blog, uh, over the weekend before this, um, someone that I knew that I'd worked with a little bit and had, had the opportunity to meet on several occasions, Scott Dinsmore, who ran Live Your Legend, uh, passed away climbing Mount Kilimanjaro in an accident. Um, he was like 30 in his early thirties and, um, he died doing the thing he loved doing. Like he actually did live his legend, which was interesting to far too short a life. And that really hit me because, um, up until that point I was kind of like, well, should I really like 
I was delaying a lot. Whenever you have something that you feel is really, really great, the resistance, which is what Stephen Pressfield calls it, shows up and tries to, like, it gets stronger and stronger. You're always going to face this thing that says, well, you're not good enough, or what if somebody doesn't like it, or, oh, no, this this isn't quite ready because there's this little hole in it, so let's get perfectionism in, the, in there. But when... So that's been a big struggle for me in that... I mean, as much as I rely on my framework and stuff, I know it's my framework. I know it works for me. But there's always that that question of, uh, is it's, this might not work for everybody else. Like, what if it doesn't? What if you fail? What if this? And you're always going to face this fear. And if and the bigger the thing, the thing that's going to have a bigger impact or the thing that you're closest to, the fear is even more real. And I mean, I'm a big Green Lantern fan. Uh, when I was at Podcast Movement, there was a gentleman there who also was a big Green Lantern fan, and we chatted about it. And um, I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm going, you know, I mean, every time fear gets, you know, the fear gets bigger, the mess gets bigger because it creates a huge mess. And, and the, like, my will is what it takes to kind of push through it. And the mess for me has been, there's so many projects and so many things I could put forward and it's it's about getting to that place where I can say I'm not going to do this stuff anymore I'm not going to do this stuff right now I'm going to do this stuff instead and recently and I just talked about this on, on one of my my Patreon editions of my podcast so the bonus episodes is I was talking to a friend of mine Stephen Worley and I said you know I have this free course that I was ready to deliver um, or I was getting ready to deliver and this thing happened with with Scott and I'm like you know what that that course should wait I need to put the now your method out there like yesterday like it should be already out there so I think for me that's the balancing act of of all the other projects that I've committed to or have want to do versus the the idea of this this methodology that I've kind of crafted that I know will help a lot more people um it's it's about I think that's where I'm kind of where the struggle has existed. And it's odd that it took the death of somebody to kind of really drive that home. Because if I was to die tomorrow, I would be like, where, wherever you end up, I'd be like pissed off at myself. Be like, why didn't you look, man, you, you had it and you didn't put it out there. So why? So it's funny. I think I've actually pushed through, but I know it's going to come up again with some other way, shape, or form. It always does. I, I think that the the middle, and that's why I love routines. I love my morning routine and I love my evening routine because they are bookends for my day. They're like I equivalent. I equ- I equate a day and any other middle part of your. I mean, I equate that to like a puzzle, right? Like you always want to start when you're putting a jigsaw puzzle together. You always start from the edges because it's easier. And if you know where the edges are, then the middle is at least a little bit easier to to kind of put together. Um, but we forget that sometimes. And so we just try to put the pieces together without giving ourselves that framework. And yeah, I mean, that's the, so that's been my big struggle is to kind of put the other stuff aside. And you have to be willing to do that. Saying my, my friend Patrick Rohn says saying no is saying yes to other things. And, you know, I struggle with that. And I'm, I know I'm not alone. Hmm. I like that. So that's uh, that, that's really interesting because a lot of times you you think about these people that are um, experts or quote unquote experts in the area of productivity that you just think that they've arrived they they have it all um, all figured out and that, that they don't have any struggles with the the balancing of all the different commitments and the different aspects of your life um and, and so you're, you're you've had to come to realization or or, or at least uh, admitting uh both to yourself and publicly that um that that is a struggle for you um and i would say that's probably a struggle for a lot of us 
trying to uh, balance that part because what, what's what's that old saying? You teach what you know, right? Well, you need, you teach what you need to learn the most. Sometimes it, it is it is tricky, and yeah, I mean, I, I just I sit back and. I mean, there's a reason that I put frameworks in place, because if I don't, then I know that I'm going to struggle. And that's, I mean, when you spend a lot of time in something, I mean, you become a craftsperson in it, right? And, and but you always want to kind of push yourself and stretch yourself to do more. And if you don't, then you're never going to get, you're never going to feel fulfilled, right? So, I mean, I did a talk a couple of weeks ago where I incorporated music into the talk and I'd never done that before. And it worked. People liked it. But I also know that it could have been better. And I talked to my friend who was actually in the at the talk and I said, what can I do better? And he's like, no, it was good. I'm like, no, but I want to make it better. And and he recognized that I really wanted that feedback. You, you have to be willing to push yourself. And um, often through that pushing, you get through the the struggle that you're at. So it it's... I think it's important no matter what level you're at, whether you're a perceived expert or, or, or a specialist or whatever, or whether you're new, is to surround yourself with people that are going to incur that, that you can trust and can and just as much as you can trust your system and say, hey, look, um, here's where I'm here's where I'm at, here's where I'm struggling. How can I can what what thoughts do you have on that? And and or here's my idea, like I, uh, bouncing my idea off my assistant the other day saying like, here, let's, let's put this in. She's like, yeah, this sounds great. And when you can talk to people about that stuff, um, it really helps, especially if they're outside your sphere. I was at a, a, the 99U local talks last night here in my city of Victoria. And one guy that was at the talk, he said, uh, one of the speakers said, you know, go hang out with people outside of your discipline. Like if what you may get stuff from them that you never would get from people like that are other, you know, photographers if you're a photographer or a podcast like going to podcast movements fantastic because you get all this stuff from podcasters but what if you hung out with you know graphic designers or or you know um filmmakers maybe or something like that or even like accountants you know i mean you never know what you're gonna get so for me it was that was kind of like a yeah you know like my wife is not a productivity person at all at all like she puts her tasks in her calendar and it drives me up the wall because that's i don't believe tasks should go there at least not all tasks but when i told her about this now your now your method when it was still the now your formula she said she got it and as soon as that happened like that's really validating so yeah but you're you're right we all struggle i don't care what level you're at i mean you're just i mean the higher you climb up a ladder if you want to use that metaphor i mean you got that much further to fall hmm. wow there, there's so many things i i think we can dive into um i think i'm gonna go ahead and and reel it into maybe just a couple um as we kind of uh draw to a close what one of the things i wanted to do is you mentioned earlier about um oh my mind just went blank again <laughs> but uh uh let's talk a little bit more about the morning routine and the evening routine that that, that you sure have and so uh because i've heard a lot of people talk about that and they, they share what theirs is um so maybe if you can just kind of uh, briefly mention what that is and why you think it's so important to um to, to what you're doing 
Well, I mean, the, to me, the evening routine is far more important than the morning routine, mainly because I'm a night owl and I'm not good at morning. So I need to make sure I set myself up in the evening so that when I wake up the next morning, the, the groggy mic that wakes up that would just jump onto Facebook or do, you know, you know, look up what Apple released <laughs> that, that week, uh, he would do that. So basically, my I'll start with my evening routine because I think it's the most important. Plus, uh, I would imagine people are awake right now listening to this, so they're probably going to want to know what their evening routine should be before they do the morning routine the next day. So Wait. what I do is, is my evening routine, I basically go through my task list, uh, which is, to, you know, I use Todoist for uh, my personal stuff, and then I use Asana for team-based stuff, uh, as well as, of course, yeah, I heard, you know, I mentioned Trello. So I go through and look at those, and I pick what I call my three absolutes for the next day. And I actually physically write those down on a sheet of paper. Um, you can use a post-it note. It doesn't really matter. I just have a sheet of paper that I like to use because it's nice and big. And then what I'll do is I, I, may, I do a journal entry, and I use day one for that. Some people like to use Evernote. It doesn't really matter. And I just chronicle, like, briefly. I don't have any kind of rhyme or reason to it. I just say, hey, here's what worked today. Here's what didn't, you know, family stuff, personal. I intermingle the whole thing because, you know, the whole day is, is a package, right? And then what I'll do is I close my laptop. And I leave my office and I shut my office door, which means that no, if I'm if I'm not in the office and the door is shut, it means my day is done. And then I continue on with my night, which would be, you know, normally hanging out with the kids or watching TV or reading a book or whatever. And then uh, I go to bed. Right. So my my day is kind of done. My head's empty. I keep a notebook beside my bed with a pen in case I wake up in the middle of the night with some fantastic idea. But that's it. Then the next morning I wake up and I have a very specific morning routine because, again, I suck at mornings. So I get up, I splash water on my face, uh, cold, nice cold water. Then I go to the uh, kitchen. I turn on the kettle, which I've filled with water from the night before. I make my AeroPress coffee. I then make my Nutriblast breakfast, which is like the Nutribullet, but like a little shake. I make that. Then I, uh, depending on the day, uh, what I'll do is, uh, in most cases now, I go down to my office and I just read for about a half hour. Or I'll read upstairs, depending on the day of the week it is. If it's when I'm taking my kids to school, which happens most days of the week, like Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, I take my kids to school. So I will read upstairs, read for about a half hour, help get the kids ready. They'll go off to school. Uh, I'll come home, and then I will go down to my office, open up my office, and on top of the the computer, which I didn't mention, um, I've left that sheet of paper upside down. So I don't know. I mean, I know I've written down what needs to be done, but I don't necessarily know what it is. I flip it over and it says, you know, here are the three things that you need to do today uh, that you must do. And I do one of them, at least one of them, before I jump into anything else. And sometimes I cheat. Sometimes I'll say, well, you must, you know, uh, you know, uh, you must go on to Patreon and send an update to everybody or something like that. Like it, the bottom line is, is that I take the three absolutes from the cumulative tasks that I have my task manager and that gets me going. So email isn't the first thing I check. I'd, I'd go into and do one of my, my absolutes because I want to make sure I at least get one of those things done before I start. And then I go through my day. So that's kind of my routine is that when I wait and this happens every day, like I will journal at night, whether when I was on vacation and I'm going, I'm leaving next week for another vacation. I will be journaling every night and I will wake up the next, I'll do the same routine even when I'm on vacation. The three absolutes might be different. When I was in Mexico, the three absolutes were, uh, get up, uh, you know, uh, well I got up. So it's like, go, go put towel on, on beach chair, uh, you know. Uh, grab, uh, grab, read a chapter from this book and, uh, you know, get drink for my wife. Like, like, 
<laughs> it doesn't matter because it's the art and the practice of doing it. But routines are so important because they do. They, they give your brain clues as to what, like, your brain has these benchmarks. And anyone who has a routine knows that if they miss something in that routine, their brain has, it's like, something's off. They may not know right away what's off, but they're like, hmm, something's weird about today. Like, I, oh, I didn't splash water on my face. Like, that's what I didn't do. So those are my routines. And I, I think they're critically important to, like, really bookending your day. I like that. Um, so, so you being a night owl, what what hours um, then is it that that you sleep and that you work? What's generally speaking? So the way I mean, I theme my days pretty rigorously too. So my days are themed. So when I look at my day, like Mondays and Thursdays are administrative days. So those are the days that I do admin work. So the like during the daytime, I'll do that kind of stuff. Uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays are creative days. And because the kids have just started school as we're recording this. I haven't dove into what type of creative work I'm going to necessarily assign to that day because one should probably be a podcasting day. One should probably be a video day and one should probably be a writing day. And all those are those are overarching themes for the day. It doesn't mean I don't do anything else. It just means that when all that that's what I should ultimately be doing if I decide that you know, I'm stuck or whatever, then, then that's what I should look to. But my, but I'm way better creatively at night. Um, I used to do comedy, so that's kind of the way my, my mind worked. Um, I, I know way, the way my body clock is. I'm very, I wrote a, uh, 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 I made a product called the night owl action plan because there's a lot more people out there that are night, night owls and early risers, but you know, and, and a lot of people, there's a lot of tools out there for people who want to get up early, like the miracle morning and all that stuff. But fighting your body clock, I think is a, is a battle that you shouldn't be waging. I think there's far more important ones to deal with but i go to bed at around 1 30 in the morning and i get up at around eight o'clock so um sometimes yeah yeah around eight o'clock so uh, i get about six and a half hours sleep but i also take a nap midday so i take about a 20 minute nap 20 to 30 minute nap uh, especially now that the kids are in school i get that consistently so i will probably take a nap we're recording this at about 10 35 my time so at about 1 30 i'll take a, a 20 minute nap or so and then I'll be ready to go to I'll do something probably some exercise and then I'll go and uh, pick up the kids um, that's kind of how it goes so uh, I don't schedule like when I'm cre- scheduling creative work I just know that in the evening that's when I'm better suited for it so that's when I'll do most of my creative work and you know um, I do a lot of admin stuff and I'll do you know some of the lighter creative work in the early part of the, like in the early part of the day but once once that afternoon is is you now once I'm kind of awake so once after lunch I can kind of get into more of a creative habit but that's kind of how how it works so my working hours after the kids are in bed they go to bed around my, my son goes to bed at eight my daughter goes to bed at nine I hang out with my wife till about 10 o'clock, 1030. Uh, and then I go downstairs and work for about two and a half hours. And that's when I do like a lot of the, you know, the, the writing that gets done, gets done at that time. That's very cool. I like that. I, I like being able to hear different, uh, um, different perspectives on that. I know, um, Pat Flynn, uh, he was always a night owl and he's yep. recently tried to switch to early morning and uh and so i know he has some struggles with that I, i'm not sure what he's he he did the miracle morning he did he he's had hal hal elrod on his, it's funny i was on a panel with hal elrod uh laura vanderkam and craig jarrow all well known in the time management space and and they asked them when they got stuff done in the morning how they did it and then they asked me and i was the night owl guy i said well i don't know but i get this done the night before so I'm ahead of everybody. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. So if you're a night owl, you got to be proactive. But I mean, I think that 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 I mean, 
it's it's admirable that that Pat's done that, and and you can do it. Like, there's no question you can't. It, whether you should is is a whole other question. And there are some there is scientific research out there that says some people are predisposed genetically to be night owls or to work later in the day. Um, but uh, you know, I think that that there are other battles that people people try to take on too much, right? So they'll say, oh, I need to get more done, and I need to exercise more, and I need to get up early in the morning to do all that, and that you can exercise in the afternoon you can you know there are ways to make this work so that you're not disrupting your body clock and i've just found like i've tried it i've tried the early morning stuff i've got how i'm looking at my bookcase i've got hell's book right there um it doesn't work for me and so i think you have to again that whole adage of even when business isn't personal productivity is i think you need to be per- i mean i want to put the personal back in this stuff and, and hey if you want to try to get up early in the morning and and make that happen more power to you but just remember that you're going to be you're going to have to let other things go while you make that happen because you won't be as effective on those other things. But yeah, it is really interesting because a lot of people like Tim Ferriss's best time to work is work is working in the evening. And you know, you if you look at famous people across the board, some people were great at mornings, at early mornings and some would work into the wee hours of the morning. So it's it's all I mean, the goal is just to get the right stuff done, the stuff that matters, right? Hmm. I like that. I like that. Now my, my schedule just, just to, throws everything out the window. I, I work third shift, so I'm up all night, and then I schedule everything else periodically through the day wherever it fits. <laughs> well, that's just it. Like, and not everybody has a choice either. That's the other thing, you know. And I mean, there's there's an, a documentary. It was really long. Oddly enough, it was it's called Sleepless in America, but it was it, it, a lot of great information. But it, it almost put me to sleep. So I think it might have been the <laughs> it might have been the intent. But they talk about how people can have seasonal, you know, like the effectiveness disorder and stuff because they work night shifts and that. But I think that you know, I mean, if you take care of yourself and you you know, I mean, there are there is studies there are studies out there that say, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it works both ways. It cuts both ways. I think you just have to, you know, again, don't fight that. If you know your schedule is it has to be a certain way. Like today, today, I was uh, my son. Uh, I my my wife works Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays uh, at her office, um, and she has to be at work for nine. And you know, we tried to make it work where she would take the kids to school, and and it was just a struggle. So I said, you know what, I'm going into schedule. Months from now on, and no one can book with me till nine thirty. Now that's it. That's it. No one can book with me till nine thirty. So from now on, on those days—Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays—I won't be talking to anybody before nine thirty because I need to help my wife get the kids out the door. And again, back to what I was talking about about Scott. Like one of the things that that he kind of one of the things that came up was. Um, a Martin Luther King quote, which I actually put on my phone, which is like, when you wake up in the morning, you should be asking yourself, like, what can you do to serve others? And I thought about that last night as I went to bed. And I'm like, you know, I should be the guy getting up and taking the kids to school on those days because my wife's got to get to work and she doesn't need that stress. And I should be structuring my day a little bit more like that. So, again, you have these moments, especially when the mess is happening, where you can make these where these moments of clarity. And only at that point in time, you shouldn't ignore those. You should say, okay, I need to make a change. And then you need to make sure that you do the thing to make the change. So, for me, I had to go into schedule once and literally pare my schedule down to but only being available 20 hours a week to people that, that might want to contact me. And that's still quite a bit. Um, you know, I had to do that because if I didn't, then first off, A, I can't make great stuff, you know, and secondly, I wouldn't be able to help out the, the people that 
are trying to get in touch with me as well as my the people that I live with. So, you know, I mean, I, I think that when you have those moments, you know, hey, I need to get, uh, exercise more. I need, like when you have that moment, capture it, get it out of your head, get it down and then start to pl- make a plan. Because I mean, planning is indispensable, but plans are pretty much useless because as you said, your days can vary. But at least if you've got the plan there, you will find a way to make elements of that work. So I, I think that it's important. We shouldn't ignore that. We should consider it a signal or a trigger and say, okay, how do I, how do I turn this around? How do I make this work for me rather than ignore it and ultimately have it work against me? So where would you like people to go to get more of you or to find out more about how they can dive into the uh, now year method? Well, if you go to productivityist.com slash messy middle, There'll be some resources there for people to have that'll help them with the Now Year method. And uh, I've got the weekly theming guide and stuff like that. So they'll be able to get access to that stuff there. And then they can, uh, by doing so, they'll, they'll, they can, you know, check out all the other stuff that I've got going on. So if you go to, well, you, I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes. 